Live from our man caves in Virginia Beach, this is MLS Gone Wild, where Blem and Mike D bring you the latest news, rumors, analytics, predictions, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going, Blem. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 1. This is your host, Blem. What's going on, everybody? This is Mike D, and we are back, Season 3, on a Taco Tuesday. I'm excited to be back with you guys, get this episode going, get the, into the MLS season. Yeah, we took a month and a half hiatus, and we're a little nervous jumping back into this, but here we are, we're excited, we're getting season three going. On January 21st, 75 players' dreams came true as they were selected in the 2021 MLS Super Draft. Over the next few weeks, we'll be interviewing some of the players selected. On this week's episode, we are joined by the Columbus Crew's second-round draft pick, Joshua Jackson Ketchup of the Ohio State University. Joshua, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, man. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Honestly, uh, just had practice probably about a couple hours ago, and obviously it's great to grind, and, you know, I'm working towards something, and a dream, yeah, like you said, dream came true, and I'm just excited just to be here. And we're excited to have you. Now, I have to ask, is this your first MLS-specific podcast? That it is. Um, honestly, like I said, I'm glad to, to make you guys my first. And um, I'm excited to see what, what type of type of combo we have and what we get into. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you on, man. So before we get into our questions about your collegiate career and your professional career, let's see what the people of Twitter and Instagram want to know about you. Are you ready? Sure thing. Let's get it. All right. So when you aren't playing soccer, what are some of your hobbies? So um, actually, p- before this interview, I was actually streaming on Twitch. Um, I was playing Fortnite with some of my friends. Uh, so I like to stream video games. Um, I make music on the side as well. I'm on Apple Music and Spotify. So I like to write songs. Um, I, like to, I like to pretty much do anything that's sport related. I like to stay fundamentally like, ready, like just to be moving. And um, just staying active is just something that I find super interesting and like, I just stay like I just stay on my toes, honestly. Yeah, you got to. You got to be an elite, top shape athlete to play exactly. you know, professional sports. But if our listeners wanted to watch you stream Fortnite on Twitch, what is your username? Where can they find you? Okay, yeah. So it's Woe. That's Ketchup, and that's Woe. Regular W O A H D A T S. Ketchup with three P's. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, we'll have to check you out. I'm not very good at Fortnite. We were just playing Call of Duty Warzone right before this, but you said you like to write music. You said you make music. What got you into rap? Um, honestly, uh, I come from a family of just musicians and just like music-related uh, people. Um, my uncle, who's uh, my dad now, my adopted father now, uh, he actually managed Pitbull when he before he blew up to be Pitbull. Um, him Mr. 305. My, exactly, Mr. Worldwide. So um, he started out managing in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, he was going all over the country, and he met my aunt, who's my mom now, uh, in New York, and they just kind of took off, and they kind of just made it a thing that they wanted to do music, and they just instilled it into me and always had me listen to something uh classic and uh, seeing like the rap game now it's just like you see a bunch of different vi- variety as far as oh what type of you know substance comes from this rapper and what type of lyrics come from this rapper and a lot of people like to say oh it's a lot of mumble rap but I like to be different stand out from that and like to tell stories I've always been a storyteller 
Um, a lot of my friends would say that to the day I die, that I love to tell a good story. Um, whether it's true or it's false, I, I'll, I'll make it up. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm on the spot. I did get a chance to check out some of your music, and you're pretty good. Where can our listeners, I think you said YouTube, but what do they need to search to find your music? Uh, so if you look up on YouTube, uh, you just look up It's Ketchup. Um, it should be Ketchup with two Ps <laughs> this time. Um, and then also on Apple Music, you could just search up Ketchup and you should see my picture. It's like, a, it's kind of hard to miss. A blonde guy, blonde lights. <laughs> <laughs> you do that for both Spotify and uh, Apple Music. Okay, so you talked about how your adopted father inspires you to kind of make the music. I know OBJ kind of inspires the hair. But in life, but in life itself in general, who inspires you and why? Um, like I said, just the, the two main contributors in my life would be my, my aunt and my uncle, who are my adopted parents. And um, honestly, I wouldn't, really wouldn't be in this position if it weren't for them. Um, not saying that my family hasn't, everybody else has done less, but they have definitely stepped up to the plate, um, not being able to have kids of their own. And it was kind of like a blessing in disguise that I was able to be a part of their life. Um, I'm very close with my biological mother, uh, but she just wanted me to have a, um, you know, a father figure in my life. And it, it just so happens that it was, like I said, a blessing in disguise that they were able to take care of me, uh, take me to the soccer games, the tournaments, the practices, all the grueling hours of just going uh, to and from far places just to practice. Um, I remember when I was younger, I used to travel at least two hours down to Miami and like the deep South Miami Corey Gables, um, shout out to the Toros. Um, and we literally just drove all the time. And I just remember being in the road, tired all the time in practice, um, getting back from practice and it was just a constant battle. So honestly, like I said, those guys are really, really the main, main inspiration that I, I'm literally, I'm really grateful for just being here. Honestly, I wouldn't even be sitting in this chair if it weren't for them really. Yeah, that's awesome. We can definitely tell you're grateful for your family. So it's catch up, you know, whether it's two P's or four P's, whatever stream that you're on, whether it's on YouTube or Twitch, do you get any banter and games from the locker room because of your last name? Um, it's honestly, it started out when I was, when I first came in my freshman year, uh, I started getting a little stick here and there, but then like, as I started to prove myself that I could ball and I could play, then it, it, it kind of stopped. It kind of cut right then and there. They were like, okay, we can't, we, there's no reason to really mess with him um, in that sense. But I still do get like some here and there, like newer people that I meet. Um, not so much the locker room anymore because now it's just become like a stitch now where it's like, yeah, that's ketchup. Like <laughs> that's just who it is. So, um, and honestly on my team, I'm a personality. A lot of, a lot of guys on the team can tell you that uh, I'm a huge personality. Uh, I'm a jokester. Uh, I, I love a good laugh. I like being loud. I'm vocal, like all that. I, I'm, I'm the whole package, honestly. I just love to be, <laughs> be interactive with people. Man. I don't, I don't and the guy likes to dance. I like to dance, that's for sure, yeah. <laughs> I love to dance. You're the whole package, huh? Way to sell yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. All right, so last but not least of our fan questions, this is not an ad. How was the experience getting your hair cut by Veteran Cuts? <laughs> um, honestly, it was... He's super dope. He's a super dope guy. Um, really wasn't what I was expecting when I first got, like, came into the um, into his shop. Uh, he DM'd me. And at first, I kind of shrugged it off because I was like, oh, like, it's kind of far. I already got somewhere. I'm going to get my cuts already. So I kind of shrugged it off. I was like, oh, thank you for, like, you know, the offering, like, helping me get cuts and this and that. But then um, 
as like I got drafted and he kind of, you know, reached out to me, that kind of really made me want to give him a chance. And so I came into the shop and we had a, 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 like a great conversation about just life in general, um, the guys that he's already cut, the teams he's already cut, um, just all of that, just like the whole nine yards, we just got through everything. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great experience, honestly. And the cut was fire and it lasted me a good week or a good two weeks. Um, usually my cuts last up to a week and I get my hair cut like every week, every Wednesday was what I used to do when I was a kid or when I was a kid back in freshman year. And um, I went to 12 on 12, uh, got my $12 cut every Wednesday. That was my routine. And then once the pandemic hit, I started learning to cut my own hair and then I cut my own hair since then until now veteran clutch uh, came in the clutch now. <laughs> Definitely something to take, you know, we take for granted is getting a good haircut. I just got my haircut last weekend, had to have my haircut for probably a month. And one of the best feelings is getting a fresh cut, yeah, man. You feel so good. You feel yeah. So good. All right. So we had a little bit of fun with the fan questions. Now we're going to transition a little bit more into the soccer specific questions. So prior to attending the Ohio State University, you attended National Powerhouse. And if I'm saying this wrong, correct me. Is it Montverde? Montverde. Montverde, okay. Montverde Academy. And in your senior year, you were named MVP and were selected to the All-American Watch List. With accolades like that, I'm sure there's plenty of offers on the table, a lot of people looking at you. What made you choose the Ohio State University? Um, so I'll just take you back, honestly, to the whole process of what happened. Uh, I won't sugarcoat anything. Um, at first, I was committed to Wake Forest University, uh, which at the time was the number one team in the country. And um, I was super excited to, you know, attend the school. I made I came out to a visit on North Carolina, and I loved the whole aspect of it was kind of like a gated community, kind of kept it um, tight knit. And um, I, like I said, I committed, I verbally committed, and I was ready to go. But um, unfortunately, some things fell through with NCAA and they had some money put on hold and my scholarship was put on hold as well. And I was also waiting on some other full rides that I had on the table that I had to decide on. And so um, then again, then Ohio State was uh, one of those schools who came up and showed their interest at our showcase that we have at Montverde. Uh, we just have like a bunch of colleges come out and just watch all the kids um, that they that they host there. And it's just like a college center that they just watch you and study everything. So um, Ohio State happened to be out there. And I had offers from other schools as well, like UConn. Um, I was looking at Clemson for at, at some point. Um, I had a full ride to a school out in Oklahoma or Roberts. And I, I, had, a, I had some interest, like, about <clears throat> pretty much all over the country. Like, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And um, – it was a very great, great feeling to have that, you know, that notice. But there was something about Ohio State that kind of stood out to me. And after the the um, the coach had pitched it to me, he was like, "Yo, just come out to a visit, and I, I can guarantee you, you will commit here." So I was like, uh, "Oh, okay, all right." Like, I mean, it's Ohio, like really <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> I'm coming from Miami, Florida, living in Orlando to go to Ohio. So hard sell, it, hard sell. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I gave it a chance. I go to, I go to Ohio and the visit, like he wasn't wrong. He blew me, it blew me away. The history, um, the people, the students, um, just the whole vibe about everything. Um, even the city of Columbus is just insane. And like, I'm absolutely thrilled and overjoyed to be staying here. Um, having the opportunity to stay here and, you know, rep Columbus even more than what I have done already. Um, 
but like I said, that co- that coach, um, he wasn't he wasn't wrong for what he said. He, I was gonna commit, and on that visit, I ended up uh, flying back, and I was ready to commit. And it was just it was a wrap. It was history from there. It's interesting because you say that you know coming from Miami, going to Ohio, Ohio kind of won your heart. It, ha- it happened same way for me. I mean, I met this kid, Blake Eshelman, and he's like the brother that I should have had. And my girlfriend's from Ohio. These two are 45 minutes from each other. And I now am a Columbus Crew fan, have been so for some years now. And it's just mm-hmm. Ohio has a way of doing that to you. So it's, yeah. it's really cool. Um, but Mont- Montverde Academy has produced 49 players currently playing professionally stateside and abroad, including Orlando City's Benji Michelle and the 2019 MLS Rookie of the Year, Anye Andre Shinyashiki. Tell us a little bit about what makes Montverde such a powerhouse. Um, honestly, coach Mike Potempa, great, amazing coach. Um, I won't, like I said, I'm not, I'm gonna keep the interview as, as raw as possible. I'm not sugarcoating nothing. This guy was a tough coach, like an absolute dog when it came to soccer and he didn't play any games. Uh, he was very serious all the time. It was very hard to get him to even crack a smile. You just walk by him. It's an intimidating presence. And um, I just think that whole vibe and just the, the way he carries himself is what kind of keeps the program at such a high level and just keeping kids on their toes because they know if you mess around, you will be out. You will be booted and that he really doesn't play any games. And honestly, I can, I can really devote the majority of the success to him um, because of just the way he, he runs the program. And it's just like a real strict, structured program that, you won't find it's very rare to find that anywhere in the country um like obviously there's something like img that who i kind of do the similar thing with the boarding and this and that but i don't really know how it runs but the way he had it running the system uh the coaches that he he brought in they also didn't play games as well they were very serious about getting kids to the level that they wanted to be at uh getting kids to colleges uh where to you know all over the country even colleges outside of the country going pro i had some friends who went straight pro out of out of high school and went overseas or went to mls interest and he was really he was really set on making uh montverde a name that like you would hear it as a household name and like know that that is what they do they produce talent and i I mean it's it's incredible it's really incredible yeah, it's amazing to hear. Uh, I think that it's important, obviously, to instill that into young players because, you know, as you're developing, there's obviously going to be um, the the maturity aspect of things. And to, to get that right nipped in the butt from the jump is pretty cool to hear. It's Some kids, you know, don't always uh, adapt well to that, but the ones that do, they rise to the top and then they get drafted in the super draft. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, a, it's a real blessing. And honestly, like growing up, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to do this. I've always, I known from the moment I kicked the ball, I knew I wanted to play professional soccer and I just, I just felt it was meant for me and um, it fit my body type. I didn't, wasn't a big guy. I was a small kid when I was growing up and I'm still not a huge guy, but I knew it was right for me just the way that my, I wanted to play the elegance of the game, the beauty of the game. And um, really like football is what I call it because I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic. So, um, just coming from a football background, and um, it, it really just kind of transitioned over into me accomplishing my dream at the end of the day. 
Yeah, and it sounds like at Mount Verde, they really created a professional environment at a very young age for you. So, you know, from the age of 13, 14 years old, you're already getting a taste of what it's like to probably play at the next level to go play at potentially one of the top universities in the country, either at Wake Forest or Ohio State, and you decided to go to Ohio State. So back to your career there, we're just going to touch on kind of what 2020 brought to you. So in your full three seasons that you did play, you started all but four matches for the Buckeyes. Like I said, then we hit 2020. How did the pandemic affect your senior season? Um, so it completely canceled it for pretty much everybody in the country, and um, except for ACC, which lucked up. But um, it was um, – it was – I want to say it's a blessing in disguise, honestly. That's kind of one of my key words that I'm going to keep using. Um, the way it happened, it seemed like, wow, like, I'm really not going to get a season season, and I'm going to miss out on playing, you know, my last year as a Buckeye. I don't know what it entails, what's going to happen. Um, it was really untold. Like, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew how the story was going to unfold. And um, it really – like like it's it's hard to say that like it's it was a blessing in disguise so having the pandemic come it only prepared me to keep playing uh training under the Buckeyes um although like training had stopped for a little bit when we came back in the spring and they were allowing training and and so on um it was preparation for another season so they allowed me to NCAA granted me two extra seasons so I'm going to be playing one more season in the spring um, which is this upcoming spring, which we play our first game uh, February 23rd against Indiana University. And I could possibly potentially play in the fall. So really it gave me a whole two years of football that I could play for Ohio State. And I thought it was going to be over last, you know, last December, this past December. And I was going to be graduating and hopefully entering the draft like a normal type of thing would have gone and I would be trying to play pro now. So um Honestly, it's just like a kind of elongated process of just more preparation. And I see it as just like me getting ready for the next level that I get to keep playing at my college and my team is in my city here um, with me. So they can always come out and see me play. And um, I, I didn't even know I was going to be in the draft, to be honest with you. I, it just kind of came to me as a surprise. And they, you know, drafted me and I just <laughs> – it's the best situation I possibly could have. I think I have one of the best situations out of all the guys in the, in the MLS draft with the fact that my team is right here and they could always see me and I could always go in to, um, you know, train. Yeah, that's amazing. So we talk a little bit about preparation. So throughout our first two seasons of podcasting, we've discussed at length what the path to pro is and we've concluded that it's different for each type of player in every kind of situation. So in a tweet from Stu Holden following the U.S. men's national team's 7-0 victory over Trinidad-Tobago, Holden said, and I'm paraphrasing here, while the player pathway continues to change and evolve, college soccer still has its place and importance. Like I said, every player develops in a different way and at different times. 13 of the 22 players rostered in that match played at the collegiate level before turning pro. How did your, how did your college experience help you develop into becoming a pro? Um, with the coaching staff, um, we had a big coaching flip where we, you know, the whole coaching staff from my freshman year to my sophomore year, um, they had wiped and they had flipped the staff and brought in four new coaches. And, um, 
all respect to the first guys, you know, my freshman year, they gave me some great advice then growing up knowing they gave me opportunity to start every game my freshman year and just, uh, just ball and just gave me an opportunity. And that just showed me that like, I could do it, you know, and they always told me that, you know, if you keep it up, you can make it to the next level. And the coaching staff, I think would probably be the main contributor to that uh, with Mace, uh, Brian Mason off coming in, a veteran, you know, experience on the U.S. national team, coming from the crew as well, uh, playing at IU, uh, coaching at IU, getting to national championship finals and all that. It just like the whole, um, just the whole mentality that he brought over to Ohio State is kind of what drove the whole team and not just me. Um, but him instilling that winning mentality and it's, we struggled uh, for sure. Sophomore year, we struggled. Like, couldn't we won one? You guys were, yeah, 115 yeah. and two. Yeah. And damn, that, come on. We don't have to put them on blast like that. Come on now. <laughs> nah, I mean, that, that's a part of, that's a part of the journey. And like, like you said, like Stu Holden, Stu Holden said, it's, it's different for every player. And to think um, to go one and 15 and still be able to have the opportunity to be blessed with, to be drafted. Um, it shows that it's really about the performance and the character and the player um, all those little things that go into it. And like these teams see that and they look into that um, when they're, you know, you're called up. And when I went to the crew combine, um, I played as best as I could. I gave it my best, um, you know, gave my all back in 2019 when we were actually doing things. And just that kind of left, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a thing in the back of their mind that, you know, this kid can play. And it, it came a whole year later that they still were thinking that, and, you know, and I didn't have to, I didn't get a chance to play my season and they still believed in me and they still believe that I still have the opportunity. And I had the skill uh, to do that. So overall, I think the coaching staff is, is kind of what attributed to the success um, of just me being able to be drafted. They were super supportive as a staff and I couldn't be any more grateful for them. Yeah, you you already answered my follow-up question. I was going to ask about Brian Masonoff, but you just talked about how you went to the Crew Combine in 2019 and how even though you didn't get to play your senior season, the Columbus Crew still have a belief in you. Caleb Porter has been one of the most renowned coaches in both the collegiate game at Akron and now both at Portland and now at the Columbus Crew. How like important is it to you to know that you have the belief of a guy like Caleb Porter who has developed college kids into pros and he can see that in you? Um, it's, it's, it's a true blessing. And like, it's um, an opportunity that not a lot of people get to see. And it's not even a lot. It's very minimal that people get to see an opportunity like this. And it's kind of what you, what you make of it and what you want to do with it at the end of the day. Um, believing in yourself is kind of one of the main things that attributes to the success, even with the belief of having Coach Porter, uh, you know, looking after, you know, looking after me and seeing that, you know, he sees it in me that I could, I can play. And he's coached insane players over collegiate level and pros. And to think that he can see that same mentality and same um, attributes that I have in my performance. And he believes that I can um, make a difference and benefit the team that that's just uh it's honestly a dream come true to hear that to you know come from such a top tier coach and um, all I can do is really come in work my hardest and do do my best to make you know make a difference on the team and then after talking to him on the, on the phone uh, he was like you know it's going to take a lot of hard work I'm not going to sugarcoat it to you and with the people he's coached I, I know it I know it. it's going to take a lot of work 
uh, to even break that first team, to even make that first start, to even get minutes off the bench. Um, it's going to be a lot of hard work. And that is something that um, all I can do is ask for the opportunity and, and, and just shine in the moment. That's really it. Absolutely. That's your word, opportunity, man. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, Added Time Outfitters. When we return after this quick break, we'll be discussing Joshua's career and goals as a professional soccer player. We'll be back in 60 seconds. We all love the beautiful game. We spend countless hours watching, tweeting, discussing, playing, and talking about the sport. And we all have our favorite memories when our teams made history. Moments like Liverpool's miracle in Istanbul or Celtics 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barca side ever. Those moments that keep us coming back for more. But what if you could carry those moments with you all the time? At a Time Outfitters creates soccer-inspired wristbands to let you wear those memories on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives supporters of the beautiful game a unique way to rep their favorite team in any setting. With wristbands for your favorite teams from across Europe, the USA, and beyond, each added time design incorporates a 90-minute story from that famous match. Check out all 24 of Added Time Outfitters' current designs on the web at www.addedtime.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Added Time Outfitters. Welcome back to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 1, featuring the Columbus Crew's second-round pick, Joshua Jackson Ketchup. Head over to AddedTimeOutfitters.com to get your soccer-inspired wristbands and apparel. Use code GONEWILD, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. So, Ketchup, becoming a pro is every athlete's dream, as we've talked about, and it's earned, not given. It takes hard work, dedication, sacrifice, and even then becoming a pro can be uncertain. What were you doing when you found out you were drafted and what were your initial thoughts and emotions? So um, I didn't really have much time to react, honestly, because I was training and we were literally at practice going hard in a 5v5 um, and just doing our everyday routine, just grinding. And um, it was literally in the middle of the drill. Like I, I, I think <clears throat> I had the ball and like I hit it off somebody and went out of bounds. And then, like, coach stopped it. He was like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold up, hold up. Um, and then he did, like, this, like, whole announcement thing. He was like, oh, with the second – or, like, with the 52nd pick or in the second round, uh, the Columbus crew have selected Josh Jackson Ketchup. And then, like, all my teammates go crazy. They're like, oh, let's go, let's go. And they all ended up jumping on me, and we're all celebrating. And, like, it was a grand moment. It really was. And then, <clears throat> like, really after that, he was like, oh, wait, we have another one. And then it was um, our goalkeeper, Noah Lawrence, um, he announced that as well. And then it was just even more of a party. It was just like, oh, let's go. Like everybody's jumping up on each other. And um, it, was, it was a really great moment. We're high-fiving, hugging. And it was just, um, it, was a, it was a moment that felt like of, of accomplishment, I could say, um, that all those grueling hours and just grinding and doing so much over the years and struggling sometimes, going in droughts, not playing as good as I wanted or you know, playing great, playing amazing, all those times, that's, this is what it led up led to. And like, this is the moment that it's happening. And like, never would I think, oh, I'd be training in the middle of it. I, I, I'm thinking, oh, I'd be in the, the room, you know, prepared. Like, yeah, and like, I knew I was going to be there. It was more of a thing. It was a surprise. And so, um, honestly, the best surprise you could probably ever get as a kid. Um, even though I'm 21, I still consider myself as a kid. Like, I don't care. I'm still be a kid till the day I die. 
and <clears throat> I'm gonna still keep playing video games. I'm gonna still keep making music, all that stuff. I'm gonna keep it real and keep it genuine. That's just kind of just me. But um, overall, though, it was a magic moment. It was literally a magical moment, and I would replay it over every single day. And I can't wait to tell my kids about it. Yeah, Amazing. catch up, catch up. I think that your experience was probably cooler and better than the number one pick, number one through ten, <laughs> where they're all sitting in a room with yeah. ten, ten scarves and ten hats laid out to find out with all the guys that you grind with day in and day out, and for them to really you know, applaud you and appreciate your hard work and congratulate you. I think that just kind of seals the deal. And it's like, all right, this is why I've been doing this. So you said the word accomplishment. So now that you've accomplished one of your dreams of becoming a professional soccer player, what goals from here do you have for your career? So um, definitely, obviously get a first team contract. Like, like uh, coach Porter said, he literally said in the phone, like it's going to take a lot of hard work. And that I obviously knew with, the surprise of even being drafted. I was just like knowing that, okay, yeah, just cause I got drafted, it really doesn't mean anything. Like I'm not even playing for the first contract. I'm playing for the second contract. That's really what, um, what base really uh, gave me that advice um, coming from, you know, a veteran like him is that you don't want to be satisfied. You don't want to become satisfied with, you know, I want to become unsatisfied with being satisfied. And I want to be in a, like a, uncomfortable position at all times so that I'm working constantly so that I get out of that uncomfortable spot and I can live comfortably at some point. Um, so really just making it, making it onto the team, getting minutes, even getting minutes in practice in the training squad, um, <clears throat> things of that nature are definitely on the list. Um, I asked coach Mays to contact the crew directly ask like ask of them exactly what they need from me exactly what they want to see me bring into the into the team what um you know assets I can bring and and, and things of that nature and that's really going to be the main focus for this spring you know, I look I'm looking to dominate the college game now um obviously with playing my last senior season um I I I'll need to prove it that just because I got drafted I need to show it like I need to show why that I don't need to be playing at the college level anymore or that um I got the opportunity to move out of the college level because I am at this level now. I'm at the professional level. And so um, I think that's probably the most important thing is building on those assets that the crew really needs me to bring in, um, you know, as a player, as a character, as a person, everything. Yeah, and that's very mature of you to ask Masonov to find out directly from Caleb Porter and the coaching staff, the technical staff, exactly what they want from you. You know, we'll, we'll touch about it further in the interview, but you're a freshman year, you played like attacking mid, and now you're more of a right back. And so finding out what exact skills, do you want me to play like Harrison off fool? Or, you know, how do you want me to play? Do you want me to be like a right wing back? What do you want? So I think that's really important. And something you've said in regards to this question, the question before the ad, you were talking, you know, you just mentioned second round pick and there's this stereotype and stigma around a second round pick in the MLS draft. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to make it. Maybe they'll go to USL team. Now there's talks of crew two and a reserve league, but Caleb Porter obviously has belief in you. And, you know, there was a second round pick way back when by the guy, by a guy, the name of Chris Wondolowski, who's now the all time leading goal scorer in the MLS. Um, so greatness comes out of the second round. We see Tom Brady headed into his 10th Super Bowl. So these late draft picks, it, 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 it doesn't really matter. Does yeah. that motive, does that motivate you? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, and even if it were to be the first round pick, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still going to grind the same exact way if I were to be the last round pick. 
And so that's just how I view it um, as a competitor, you know, that you just because you are in the position, it doesn't mean anything's guaranteed, nothing's solid. Um, you know, God forbid injuries can happen. Um, the coach cannot like you. Uh, the, the team cannot like you. There's a lot of factors that can go into it. And that is really something that is motivating for me that no matter what the circumstances is, I'm going to grind no matter what. I'm going to still work on my game and any way that I possibly can um, help the team win and, you know, perform at its highest level. That's what I'm going to do. And I, I've always been a team player putting things first. Um, a lot of people can attest to that. Um, growing up as, as well, my coaches back home, my teammates now, I'm always putting people like first ahead of me. And like, that's not just me being on the humble stuff. Like that's just me being genuine. I literally, I'm like that. Um, even if you were to ask me to like, yo, come pick you up and you're not feeling well from, you know, two, an hour or two hours away, like I'll be on the way and like, I'll help you out uh, no matter what. So really being a team player and like all that, like the whole circumstances, just grinding is definitely motivating that, um, you know, even with being drafted in the second round, I didn't even, I wasn't even expecting to be drafted. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to play one more season. Like, if I don't get drafted, it's okay. Um, I'm going to school right now for my master's in sports management industry. Um, like, I have I have a lot of things going for me right now that, like, it's just not the pro level right now. And, you know, luck, luck have it that I, I, I was able to get drafted. So then it was just like, okay, well, that's another thing that's added to the plate. So how am I going to handle that while going to school and all these other things? So I had a lot of, like, things jumbling around in my head. Um, and I had to kind of sort it out of what needs to be focused on and like what things need to be grinded on. And obviously being a pro, you, you're, you're drafted and you're considered a pro and uh, people are like, Oh my God, like that, my boy's a pro soccer player now, blah, blah, blah. You get all the, the hype and um, the, the respect and the love from, you know, your fans and, and people that you love and friends and this and things of that nature, but you're not really a pro you know what I'm saying you gotta prove you're a pro and like just because you got drafted to be pro doesn't mean you are a pro and that's something that was um something I had to realize very early on before getting too high on cloud nine and you know losing my head and be like oh it's over I'm good I don't need to do nothing else I'm in the next level nobody can tell me anything like that's something that I've heard has been a big problem for a lot of young guys who come into the league who just come cocky and they don't even end up seeing the second week of preseason so it's uh, it, 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 like guys of those, those great nature, Tom Brady, Chris Wondolowski, like things of that. It's just incredible to see that literally a rose can spark and a rose can grow out of concrete from no matter what it is. So that's kind of how I see it. So what I just heard from all of that that you just said is that catch up. You are not satisfied with just being drafted by the Columbus crew. You're all. out there. You're out there to earn a spot. And I respect that, man. It's yeah. very mature of you to recognize early that just being drafted doesn't mean you get that first contract. And for you to already see that it's not just about the first contract. It's, it's about getting through that first contract and earning that second contract. Yeah. And that's where you get your money. And that's where you start to really build your career. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. From everything you just said, I'm sold. Um, I got a feeling we're going to be seeing you on that field. You know, we had a we got a young player on the crew right now, Aiden Morris, who's got his 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 minutes under him in the in the 2020 season and really started to make a name for himself. And uh, it's it's play your play your kids movement right now. So young guys are getting getting that that look. Everything you just said to me and Blake, it uh, 
it seems like we will see you probably sooner than you anticipate, but keep that, keep that mentality, keep that fire. I love to hear that stuff. So moving Wait, on. Before we continue though, I okay. actually grew up with Aiden Morris. So I don't know if you guys knew that, but I actually grew up with Aiden Morris. Uh, I used to take him to practice sometimes. We went to middle school together. Um, he's a couple years younger than me. Um, and we went to a school of the name of, of Boca Prep International School. And um, they had just created a soccer program and they were bringing in a bunch of kids to just play. And it wasn't even like a league. We didn't do league. We just did advanced training. And me and him grew up doing that. We played at West FC together as well. Um, he played on the younger team below me. And then I ended up going to Mount Verde, left Weston. I, I lost contact with him then. And we weren't always the closest. We were always beefing and battling just because, like, we always wanted to be the best. You know what I'm saying? And with me being older than him, I always wanted to be better than him. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't stress that enough. And um, it's, just, it's really awesome, though, to see that he's doing such a great thing and he's, he's finding so much success. And that really showed me that I could do it, too. So, like, exactly. it really gave me the – the motivation to, um, you know, not, not dogging on his skill. Of course, he's a, he's a great player playing against him at IU. He dogged us like he was doing his thing. And so I'll give it to him that he was, you know, he was, a, he's a baller, you know, he's a certified baller. And I, that, that really proved to me that I could become a certified baller and I can make something of my name as well. So yeah, that's, I just wanted to add that in there to make sure that that wasn't overstepped. Yeah. Aiden Morris, if you're listening, you heard it here first, catch up, keeping it at hundred P. <laughs> so not only were you drafted but you have this special moment you were drafted by the defending mls cup champions the columbus crew what were your thoughts on the crew's 2020 uh, cup winning season um i just summon it to one word incredible you know it's um obviously like we can't really go to the games and then they started letting fans more and more but with our protocols here at Ohio State, we weren't really to we weren't allowed to go to like open you know events and things of that nature. But um, the whole season as a whole is just incredible. Um, what they were able to do, um, the love that Ohio, that Columbus in general, Ohio in general, was you know giving them, um, it really it really was a magical magical thing. And this team coming together as a brotherhood and just grinding day in day out. And I've seen it firsthand, the way they train and stuff like that. So I know that it was not an easy process to even get close to that, that spot. And um, I, I'd say Columbus crew is underlooked, you know, they're, they're um, people don't really look out for them too much. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's just the crew. Blah, blah. But no, the crew can ball, they can play. And like, that's something that it would, they, they wanted to prove and they did, they stepped out on the field and they did what they had to great coaching, great players, great mentality. Um, you know, they went through some ups and downs with Nagby going down, but then Aiden Morris stepped up. So it, was, it showed that they had guys that were willing and ready to play. And they were ready to take their moment, take their opportunity and make and take it to the fullest. And that just shows that they're, it's really a, it's a doggy dog world over there that they, they have players that are ready to go. And that's just kind of how, with me being drafted to them, it just showed me that it's not going to be easy. Like they got, they got defending champion players. So it's not like, Oh, I'm just coming in to try out for a spot. I'm coming to try and take a champion spot. And so, or even get minutes above a champion or come off the bench for a champion to, you know, relieve him of his minutes and then earn my minutes later then. So that's really, um, that's really the best I can put it is it was just an incredible unfold 
um, of the story, really. Yeah, I mean, the the crew have a tendency to um, kind of drop games when, when it matters the most. And we saw a little hiccup last season with that. And, you know, they're doing so well, so well. And then as we get towards the end of the season, they kind of dropped the ball a little bit. And some of Blake's friends from Ohio kind of chimed in and were like, oh, yep, here we go again, classic crew. But then they picked it right back up again when it mattered, which is not something that we see often. Mm -hmm. These pictures behind me, you can't see them, I don't think. Blake's cousin is a photographer, if not one of the best photographers for the Columbus Dispatch. And I have a picture back behind me to the left of Zellerayan scoring that 3-0 goal, that third goal. Stephen Fry can't even touch it. And then the Columbus uh, crew celebration at the end there. He's got the same pictures. Uh, Blake actually got them for Christmas for me, for me as a awesome. gift. And one of a kind, uh, amazing. Like you said, I think the word uh, that you, you gave to it was magical. And um, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, and in such a strange year, like Mike D mentioned to you before the podcast, we both live in Virginia now. One of my buddies was able to get tickets and I was able to go to the game. You could actually see me on TV for most of the game. I was sitting right at about the half field mark, the first seats that you could sit in. And as bad as 2020 was, as a diehard Columbus Crew fan who played, um, you know, for the Columbus Crew Juniors growing up, it was amazing to see. Granted, it was only like 1,500 fans, but damn, we celebrated hard. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. (laughs) But since the offseason has hit, the Columbus crew have been wheeling and dealing. Tim Bezmachinko, who came from Toronto, he's the guy responsible for bringing over Giovinco, has been bringing in players. Kevin Molino, hot boy from Minnesota, and Bradley Wright Phillips, one of the most prolific goal scorers in MLS history, formerly from New York Red Bulls, most recently from LAFC. He's brought both of those guys over. Also in their wheeling and dealing, they got rid of a right back, Chris Caden. So the crew are looking for a right back to back up Harrison Afull, who I believe is 34-ish. Yeah. So in your first two seasons at Ohio State, you played as an attacking midfielder. And like we said earlier, you made the switch to right back in your junior season. And a quote from Caleb Porter in the Columbus Dispatch, he says, where will Justin fit? It's up to him, obviously. But there is a hole in that second spot at right back. And with his profile being athletic, we thought it made sense. With all that being said, describe your style of play and where you think you best fit into a professional Columbus Crew 11 side. Um, I'd say it's a good mix of like uh, a Danny Alves with a mix of like a taste of Neymar in there because I'm, I'm, I love to dribble. Like I love me a good dribble. <laughs> and so uh, only when it's necessary, obviously, but um, vision and things of that nature is like something that I, I gained from – playing up top, playing the center mid, playing center attacking mid forward. Like when I tell you I played every position and I know how to play every position well, I grew up that way. And that was something that a lot of coaches that I grew up with, they instilled that in me, um, that I needed to know every possible way how to play out of every situation on the field. And that's something that I think is very overlooked when um, with American soccer in general. Um, I trained with a lot of coaches that weren't even American, that were some – weren't even supposed to be here. They, they were illegal in the country training me. And so it's like um, things of, of, of that nature is kind of what brought me up to um, keep an open eye on the game and um, keep my vision up. And it just, it really turned me into the player that I am today. And that's, I'm, a, I'm an attacking right back. Like I fly forward, I'm quick, pacey, fast. Like 
I won't sugarcoat it. I, I love to fly forward. And when I get back, I'll get back. And, um, and I give it my all. Like, I'm, I'm a real grinder. And just like Awful, incredible at the way he's doing things at his age. It just shows me that I, have, I can have the same longevity, um, you know, with proving myself. And um, I look, I look, I'm very excited to even get the opportunity to just broadcast and, and showcase my, um, you know, my talent. And coming from, obviously, with, with Justin, um, he's versatile. He can play center back. I grew up, or I shouldn't say grew up, but we played back in high school, and he was playing center back majority back in, in um, high school and then transitioned over to right back, and he can kind of do a little bit of both. And more or less that I'm kind of more glued to the right back position because that's kind of where I see myself, and that's where kind of Columbus Crew sees me. And so um, it's going to be a battle, though, for sure. And, like, um, you know, obviously with, you know, him being my boy, it's going to be a competition at the end of the day. And we're both, you know, striving for greatness. And I'm excited to see where it takes us, honestly. Um, and that's where, that's really where it can, like, that's all I, honestly, all, I can, all I can say, really. <laughs> hey, we just showed you our picture of one of Zella Brown's goal. But his goal, I believe it was in the first half, was a whipped-in ball from the right side from damn near half field from Harrison Offull. Yeah. What is your what is your early ball look like? Your early cross? Um, can you whip can it in there? I can say it's pretty fast. And Mace, it's it's definitely uh, gotten better over the years because um, I was doing more of dribbling and turning as a right wing and turning as a center attacking mid. So I didn't really have to do much of the crossing anymore uh, from when I used to when I was a kid. I did grow up as a right back or, or a right wing and did play occasionally right back here and there. Played left wing, cutting in, getting a shot off. Um, I can swing a ball though. I, I like the speed, like this, just the speed. It really helps me. Cause like I said, I'm not a huge guy, but the speed of the way my leg swings the ball, it, it, the guys on my team can attest that I can, I can whack a ball, like <laughs> shooting, whether it's shooting, um, crossing, like I'll hit it. Like it, it'll, it'll fly. So and I love to ping. I love to ping from one corner, the field, I'll ping it to the other side for the left, left wing for that run. I love that ball. Just hitting that is just so satisfying. So, you know, everything that you're telling me right now, I'm a Liverpool guy. Everything that you're telling me right now sounds a lot like a guy that we got in our right back position by the name of Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see if you got all those qualities. I mean, I, I love a, a I, Blake and I talk about this all the time. I think that one of the most dangerous positions is one of those attacking right backs because mm -hmm. as soon as you get your defense into the attack, totally different dynamic. Yeah. Definitely. And I hate to compare you, catch up, but Mike D, is there any player from the 2020 MLS season that fits the similar player profile? Uh, there's a guy by the name of Tejan Buchanan. Uh, I think he started out up top, uh, was struggling to get minutes and struggling to, to find opportunities. Then he was transitioned to that right back position and started to flourish a little bit. So uh, given the opportunity, if the system fits and if it calls for it, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, after playing, um, playing against Tejan back in college uh, over at Syracuse, um, he definitely was a dangerous threat going forward, and he definitely gave us a hard time. Um, but then at the next level, it's totally different. You know, it's it's totally different. Uh, players is the center backs are tougher, the defense is tougher, and you got to find a way to attack differently, and you got to come, you know, with a different mentality and he definitely stepped up to the plate and, you know, I give him props to, yeah, I give props to him for sure. Um, although we didn't see eye to eye, we, we beefed a little bit, but it wasn't like anything too crazy, too big, but 
uh, props to him for, you know, stepping up and, you know, stepping to the plate and doing his thing, man. Absolutely. And something you guys have both done is you've transitioned your talents and your skills from one position into another. And you've, you know, he's flourished at the pro level and I believe you're going to do exactly the same. So catch up before we let you go. Do you have any final words for the Nordeca and the crew faithful? Um, yeah, I'm just ready to get going, man. <laughs> I just feel like my wings are just finally spreading and uh, I'm ready to start soaring. So, um, you know, I'm entirely thankful for the crew to give me this opportunity. And I, I can't wait to keep repping Columbus and just put it on the map like they already did. And, you know, keep it, keep it on the map, you know, keep it that way that keep Columbus crew a household name and let that be known that, yeah, Columbus crew, that's a top tier team. And it's not always all about all oh, Seattle and LA and the LA teams and New York and this and that. Like, no, we needed, we need to put Columbus on the map because it's very slept on and I can't wait to keep repping Columbus until from this day moving forward. And even if I don't play for Columbus anymore, like I'm, I'm still going to love the city of Columbus. And um, I'm super thankful for the love that I've received, um, especially after the draft. Hella people followed me and like <laughs> absolutely loved every, every bit of that. And so um, just to think and see that um, Columbus as a whole sees, um, you know, success in my future and is wishing me the best of luck. Um, it only makes me want to make it happen even more. So I thank everybody for that. Just like all the crew fans that have reached out to you, followed you. From Mike, D and I at MLS Gone Wild, catch up. We wish you the best of luck. Everything that you've told us tonight is that you have the mentality that you are not satisfied and you're going to push for a spot on the Columbus crew. It might not be this year because you're still going to represent the Buckeyes. Sure. But, you know, you do have that opportunity to represent the Buckeyes right under the watchful eye of Caleb Porter and the technical staff. So continue to prove yourself at a highest state. Go win yourself some ball games. Maybe bring a championship to the Buckeyes before you bring another one home for the crew, you know? Sure, most definitely. <laughs> Mike D? Catch up. Thank you so much for coming on MLS Gone Wild for our first episode of season three. Your future is bright, my man. We will stay in touch. Best of luck to you, man. Thank you so much. Look forward to hearing back from you guys. Listeners, thank you for tuning into episode one of season three featuring the Columbus Crew's second round draft pick, Catch Up. Tune in next week for our interview with number 10 overall pick drafted to enter Miami, Josh Penn. Until then, stay safe and please wear your mask. And when I say wear your mask, please wear it correctly. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.